Thank you for tuning in to First Assembly in Youngsville, Louisiana, where it's our vision to be a place to meet with God. We pray that you will find this message to be both encouraging and empowering as we go deeper into the Word of God through Spirit-empowered, life-giving, Christ-centered ministry. For more information about First Assembly or to catch up on previous messages, you can visit our website at firstassembly.place. Amen. Well, I've been uh, preaching and, and talking about over the past several uh, several weeks, just looking at the scriptures uh, in some scriptures in Galatians about about what is the church and what does it mean to be the church, right? And if we look back into into Galatians, if you want to go ahead and turn in your Bibles, we're going to be looking at Galatians chapter six. Galatians chapter six. And it was and the situation that was going on in Galatians was that there were many uh, people who were coming in, you know, that people were being set free. They were being redeemed in the name of the Lord. They were being saved uh, through the, the, sh- the shed blood of Jesus Christ. And there were those that were coming in and adding on and trying to get them to do things that were in addition to. Right. And, uh, and and it's just a great context for where we are today. Come on. How many of you realize that many people. Uh, outside of the church, try to define what is the church. You know, I, we had a, I had a conversation here just this morning with a with a with a uh, a young lady, and we were just talking about about our children. And many times, you know, they say, "Well, you're in church." Well, of course, you're just automatically if you come to church. I want you to know you're a judgmental hypocrite, right? That just kind of goes with it, right? But I'm, I, I want to share with you today that that's just what the world thinks. I believe that the church is the most loving, caring compassionate place on the face of the planet. Why do I believe that? Because it's the place that Jesus set as his body. Amen. That we are to live out and accomplish the things that Jesus wants us to accomplish on this earth. And Paul begins to outline in Galatians uh, a few key points. Some of the past ones we discussed were through love, serving one another. Right. And we learned that as we serve others, we are serving Christ. Amen. As the Bible calls us to love God with all your heart, your soul, your mind and your strength. And he calls us to love your neighbor as yourself. And then he's so he gives this story of the Good Samaritan. It's an incredible message of service. Then we discussed that faith working through love. And we realize that faith is so much more than just an attitude, but it is an action. Come on, Jesus, uh, Jesus, David Clark right here. He, he explained it just a minute ago that if we have faith like a mustard seed, and I want you to know that that is exactly what I'm going to be preaching on is that mustard seed here today. So I know that the Lord is in it. Amen. But faith requires action. James says that faith without works is what? Is dead. Then he goes on. Paul begins to just demonstrate that he says that we have to bear one another's burdens. And then we discussed how you can't confront sin that you aren't prepared to cover. Amen. As the as believers, God wants us to begin to sanctify ourselves, to purify ourselves, to live holy lives. Why? Not just for the sake of being better than all those other people. Right. But he wants us to cleanse ourselves so that way we can be a cleansing agent in this world. Right. That we can confront sin, not just to say you're a sinner, you're a sinner, you're a sinner. Amen. I believe that God wants us to call the church to say, yeah, we need to know what sin is sin. But we also want to know that the blood of Jesus covers sin. Amen. That we believe that here at this church. And, and this morning, I want to talk about sowing spiritual seed in the kingdom of heaven. 
I want to talk about sowing spiritual seed because I want you to know here, this is, if this is a surprise to you, that there is no perfect church yet here on this earth. That we can go to any, no matter what church you go to, none of the churches are perfect. In fact, if you, go, if you find a perfect church, as the saying goes, don't go there because you'll ruin the whole thing. Amen? And I want you to know, just, to, just to, as a disclaimer for myself and for all the other pastors that, that just pour out their hearts Sunday after Sunday after Sunday, you'll quickly recognize that there are no perfect pastors. Amen? That, that we are just men who are called to a high calling. And, and there are no perfect pastors. We are prone to, to fail. If you put your trust in a man, I want you to know that you are putting your trust on shaky, sandy ground. That we need to put our trust and our faith in our Lord Jesus Christ and Him alone, amen, for our salvation. And, I, and, and of course, that goes along to say that there are no perfect Christians, amen. But just because something isn't perfect, I want you to know that we're not called to just give up on it. Come on, none of us are perfect, but Jesus didn't give up on us. He says that while we were what? Yet sinners, Christ died for us. That he found us right there in the midst of our sin and our shame. And he went to the cross for our sins. Amen. So I want to talk a little bit today again just about sowing spiritual seed. And if you're in the book of Galatians chapter 6, just kind of be there for just a few moments. And we're going to get right into that. But as I was uh, preparing for this message here a few days ago, I had one of those one of those wake up in the morning visions from the Lord. And as I had that vision, I just got the vision of seedless grapes. So how many of y'all have ever eaten a seedless grape? Amen. Hey, everybody pretty much, right? Seedless grapes. And in fact, I don't even know if you can buy seeded grapes anymore. And if you can, I don't know why you would want to buy a seeded grape, uh, but uh, you know, we were just, I think we were talking to somebody else. You know, now they have seedless pretty much any kind of fruit. You can get seedless grapes, seedless watermelons, seedless oranges, seed, satsumas. They maybe have a seed from time to time. Man, how many of y'all love satsumas? Am I, the, I, mean, I could eat like, I don't know, a bunch, okay, a bunch of satsumas. But I just began, to, God just gave me a vision of seedless grapes. And I'm like, Lord, what is this all about? And he said, you know, Joe, go and, and just study and research what is a seedless grape. So I began to do that. And I didn't know really where seedless grapes had come from. So I, I started looking exactly how, do seed, how are seedless grapes grown? Where do they come from? See, they're not actually grown from seeds, right? Did y'all know that? Am I the only person that didn't know that seedless grapes didn't actually come from seeds? Thank you for sharing that you didn't know that either. That, that makes me feel better. But actually what they do is they'll take the, the grapevine and they'll begin to just cut clippings off of that grapevine, right? And then they soak that, that, that clipping into a a root hormone, they call it. And then after a period of time that I'm not a farmer, I don't know, they take that clipping and they put it into the ground. And you know what happens? It begins to, to grow new roots and it begins to grow new vines and it begins to grow new grapes. And those grapes that it grows are actually seedless. And, and the, actually that plant is a genetic clone. I guess it's the same exact plant. Genetically, whatever, it's the same plant as the previous plant. So you can have organic seedless grapes, but I want you to know that the, that the process by which they got here is, is, is not natural. It's, it's manipulated by men as men would clip off and do these different things. And God just began to speak to me about these, about these grapes. And just so that way everybody, you know, I have no, seedless grapes are not sinful. This is just an example, okay, of what I'm going to be talking about. But the thing is, is they're the same seeds, the same genetics. It's just a clone, but there is no seed in these grapes. 
You know, I love if you haven't tried them, Shannon takes some of these grapes and she, you know, takes them off the little vine thing and she puts them in the freezer and freezes them. And those are, it's like, that's better than ice cream. Okay. Maybe not really, but man, you just tell yourself that enough, you'll start believing it. But the thing is, is that, that you can't take this grape and, and, and sow it into the ground and it begin to bring forth a new plant. You know, this thing is basically has stopped its existence. The only way it can begin to to grow again is you have to clip off and repeat that process. The seed that was sown originally and for this grape is is no longer uh, available to us as consumers when we buy this grape. And this began to just remind me about how we live our lives many times, that many times the things that we sow in our lives that we are the things that we reap. Right. But we look and we, we, we try to change the direction of our life. You know, we, we may be living in this uh, in discouragement, depression. We may be living in financial uh, oppression or, or in poverty. And we want to make changes in our lives. But we keep sowing the same plant over and over and over again. Many times in our lives, instead of instead of sowing a new seed, we just kind of clip off a little bit of the old things that we have been living in and plant them and hopefully uh, grow something new will come out of it. You know, many times we'll sow doubt in our lives or we'll sow discouragement, discord or confusion. And if you sow all those things, I want you to know if you sow doubt, you're going to reap what? Doubt. If you sow discouragement, you're going to reap discouragement. If you sow discord, you're going to reap discord. If you sow confusion, you're going to reap confusion. We're always trying to do better, but we're not getting the results that we want. You see, I believe here that God is speaking to us that we need to, if we're not getting the results that we want, then it seems like our, we're laboring in vain. And the question I would have for you today is that are we seeing the outcome of our labor that we want? But in reality, the real question is, are we seeding the outcome of the labor that we want? The truth is, is are we, you know, we have these great high expectations of hope that we're going to begin to grow and do things and we don't see it. But the question is, are you seeding it? And that's what we're going to begin to answer here this morning. So is everybody at Galatians chapter 6? Come on, if you're there, can you say amen? Amen. I want to look at verses 7 through 11. I want to read that. And we're going to just uh, kind of go through that. Galatians 6, 7 through 10 says, Let him who has taught the word, uh, so, yeah, taught the word, Hang on. My notes are, are, this is just one of those days, tripping up the stairs. My notes aren't matching what's on my, in my Bible. So let him who has taught the word share in all things, good things with him who teaches. He goes on to say, do not be deceived. God is not mocked. For whatever a man sows, that he will also reap. For he who sows to his flesh will of the flesh reap corruption. But he who sows to the spirit will of the spirit reap everlasting life and let us not grow weary while doing good for in due season we shall reap if we do not lose heart therefore as we have opportunity let us do good to all especially to those who are of the household of faith can we just take a moment and just go to the lord in prayer heavenly father we thank you for your grace we thank you for your mercy Lord, I just pray that right now that you can just help us 
Lord, to understand your word more clearly here today. Lord, as we just begin to, to understand the spiritual fruit that you would have us to sow into this world, Lord, that we can begin to be living examples of you on this earth. And it's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. You see, Paul is writing here, he says, be sure that you understand that whatever you sow is what you're going to reap. I know that I know that seems kind of kind of a very basic principle of life, but I want you to realize that many times some of the most basic things that we try to accomplish can become some of the most difficult things to actually carry out. You know, I believe that Paul is saying here that he says, you you you, you church of Galatians understand that the things that you're sowing into that, that, that that's what you're going to begin to bring fruit out of. And of course, at this time, he was going against the Judaizers and the ones who were trying to make everybody be circumcised and live according to the Jewish customs. But Paul was saying, listen, that's not what that that's not the gospel that Jesus preached. He says, that's not the gospel that you're going that you're to live by, because if you begin to sow in those things in the flesh, then certainly you're going to begin to reap corruption, that those things that Jesus came to do are incorruptible, that you need to begin to sow not a fleshly seed on this earth, but a spiritual seed, that same seed that was sown into you through the death of Jesus Christ and resurrection from his grave. You see, we need to understand that all seed comes from God. All seed comes from God. You know, just like these grapes, these are seedless grapes. But there were grapes in the creation that had seeds, amen? And those seeds came from God. In fact, if you look in Genesis chapter 1, verse 11, it says, And the earth brought forth grass and herb that yields seed according to its kind, and the tree that, fr that yields fruit whose seed is in itself according to its kind. For God saw that it was good. You know, I believe that many times we get so caught up in trying to reproduce the things that are in our life because they've worked a little bit in the past, and we've totally lost all the, the purity of what God had intended for us to live in. Many of you, or most of you here today, probably remember cassette tapes, right? I'm sure everybody remembers cassette tapes. And I remember just in high school, one of the most popular things that we would do is we would have our own personal mix cassette tape, right? You'd have your own mix tape, man. You would, so you would make a copy of a cassette onto a cassette. And as you know that if you take, so that you got like one of the best mixtapes on the planet, you know, in the school. So you just give your buddy your mixtape. And of course, they make a copy of your mixtape, right? Now, on a cassette tape, the more copies, if you make a copy, if you make a copy, if you make a copy of a copy, what happens? It begins to lose its real quality. It begins to lose its real person of uh, uh, personality. And, and the whole sound begins to be degraded. And I believe that that's how we have become here partially in this world where we live a life, we're trying to duplicate all the successes of the past. But I believe that God wants to begin to do a new thing on this earth here into our future. We need to quit trying to replicate the, the, the past and the things that people have done in the past and start saying, you know what, God, I'm willing to be that seed that you planted on this earth that although that comes all the way from creation and we're going to believe into that and we're going to be open to what God wants to do in us. We need to get back to the source of God's creation and understand that all seed comes from God. You see that we live in a world today that doesn't think that it that it has to live in its actions, right? That it can do whatever it wants and we don't have to deal with the, the turmoil and the problems that we create. I mean, social media is a perfect example of it, right? I can go on social media and I have free. I have the freedom of speech to go and say whatever I want. And if anybody has a problem with it, then they're infringing upon my First Amendment rights. 
Well, the reality of that is, is we may have freedom of, of speech, but, but the truth is that we have responsibility of our speech. Come on, I want you to know that we have to give an account for every word that comes out of our mouths. And that we, and we're meant to sow seeds in the spirit, not sow seeds in the flesh. I believe that God is calling us to something pure and holy. And that we have to live according to our, our seeds that we sow on this earth. Paul, in Galatians, he says, be sure that you know that God is not mocked. You see, the principle of sowing and reaping that, that Paul was illustrating in Galatians here he says that, that that principle was established by God all the way from the very beginning. In Genesis, we have here, we see that, that the grass and the herbs, they were created with the seed in them. So that way they can be sown into the earth and grow new seed, right? That that principle of sowing and reaping was all the way from the very creation. In fact, one of the very promises of God in Genesis 8, 22, and many of y'all know the story of Noah, right? Everybody knows that story. Even people who don't go to church know the story of Noah. And in that story, you know, God makes promises. And we remember that promise that, that God will never again flood the earth. And he, he lives what as a sign for us to remember that by. What was it? It was, it was the rainbow. And I believe we live in a world right now that mocks the creator of the heaven and the earth by making the rainbow their very, uh, their very emblem of their organization. Because they believe that, Lord, we spit on your promises, we spit on your word, and we just say that, Lord, you never destroy the earth again. We're going to even use your rainbow as, a, as an emblem of our movement. And I believe that that is mocking the Lord. But in that scripture, Genesis 8.22, God gives other promises to Noah. He says, while the earth remains, he says, both seed time and harvest, cold and heat, Winter and summer and day and night shall not cease. You see that time of seed time and harvest. I want you to know that the, the principle that Paul is referring to in Galatians. He says that God will not be mocked. That principle that was established in creation. That principle that was reestablished after the flood. That, that, that principle of sowing and reaping. That principle of seed time and harvest is as sure as the, it's hot outside today. And it might be cold at some time in the winter here in South Louisiana. But it's as, it's as, it's as sure as there is going to be summer and winter. That's why I believe that, that Noah was a Cajun. Because there is no spring and there is no fall, right? So, see, Noah wouldn't have known what that was. That's as, so, as certain as the sun will come up tomorrow morning is as certain as the seeds that you sow on this earth will begin to bring forth fruit. You see, the things that we do on this earth, the things that we say, the things that we invest in, the things that we that we uh, sow to are going to bring fruit in our lives. If we sow discord, if we sow discouragement, if we sow doubt, if we sow disbelief, I want you to know that you're going to bring begin to bring forth a harvest of doubt. You're going to begin to bring a harvest of discord. You're going to begin to bring a harvest of disbelief in your life. As certain as the sun's coming up tomorrow, those things are true. I want you to know, parents, that as, as you see your children, if you, what you sow into their lives are going to begin to come forth as fruit in their lives as adults. Well, the Bible says that, to, that you should raise up a child in the way that they should go, and that way when they grow old, they shall not depart from it. You know, we believe that that's a principle of sowing and reaping. That all seed comes from God. 
But we need to get an understanding and appreciation that that many times sowing. Come on. How many of y'all have a, a lack of some things in your life? How many of you can say that, you know, I have a lack of something? A farmer at the beginning of his season typically has a lack of rice. So what does he do? He begins to sow rice. So that way he can have a, an abundance of rice. You know, I see people who function and, and operate in, 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 in the gifts of the Spirit and in the fruit of the Spirit. As we see here in Galatians 5, through 24, it says, but the fruit of the Spirit is what? Many of you remember this. Love, joy, peace, long-suffering, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. And against such there is no law. And those who are Christ's have crucified the flesh with his passions and desires. You see, I believe that God is telling us and teaching us a principle. If we want to sow If we want to reap a harvest of joy, if we want to reap a harvest of love, if we want to reap a harvest of peace and long suffering and kindness, then we need to begin to sow seeds in the spirit of these things. If we want to have spiritual fruit in our lives, I want you to know that we can't necessarily always sow out of our abundance, but we need to begin to sow out of our lack. Come on, that little bit of seed that God has given you of joy. Come on, I want you to know that that even that mustard seed of faith that David had mentioned in worship was never intended for us to carry around in a pocket or on a necklace. I know we all have mustard seed necklaces. It's just, a, I got it. But that's not, the, that's not the point. Come on, the power of the seed of a mustard seed isn't that it stays small. It's that when you put it in the ground and you sow it into somebody and you sow it into something, you sow that little bit of faith into, must, uh, into the world, what happens? It grows and becomes the biggest plant in the garden. Come on, if you struggle in joy in your life, we need to begin to sow not out of our abundance, but out of our lack. Come on, that little bit of joy that you have, begin to pour that into some fertile ground somewhere. Come on, find somebody who's more discouraged than you, and you go find that person, you begin to encourage them, and wait and see what God's going to do for you. Come on, if you lack patience, I know I heard many people say, don't pray for patience. I want you to know that it says, that's one of the fruits of the Spirit. And I believe that I want to walk and function in the fruits of the Spirit. Come on, I'm going to sow patience into other people. Come on, when, when, when somebody cuts me off in, the, in a parking lot or somebody cuts me off in the, in the, at the grocery store, I'm going to exercise a little patience. I'm going to sow a seed, and God's going to begin to bring a harvest. Or how about some gentleness, some self-control? You know, I believe that God wants us, that's a principle that we need to function by, not necessarily to always just sow in our abundance, but sow in our lack. You know, the truth is, is that we all have lack in our lives. You know, it's time that we turn from just repeating the past and repeating our past mistakes. Well, I believe that God wants to do a new thing in us here today. We need to quit simply just cutting off some of the some of the excess that we have from our past success and begin planting new seed in the ground, that seed of Jesus Christ. In him crucified that will set me free. Come on, I don't think that God wants to have a church of just seedless grapes. Come on, they, they taste good. They look good. They, they look like grapes. They're great. You can freeze them. It's awesome. All that stuff is fantastic. But I want you to know that there's no seed in this grape. Come on, I can, this, this grape has no purpose outside of just going in my mouth and me eating it. And it tasting good. It has no ability to reproduce. It has no ability to to change the world. It has no ability to do any of that. 
Because it lacks the seed that was established in creation. That was reiterated in Noah. That seed that, that Jesus Christ came to, to replant on this earth. We need to start sowing seed again. And quit trying to just emulate everybody else around us. Come on, I believe that each and every one of us has a seed that God has planted. Come on, he wants us to begin to sow that in this world. That way it can begin to bring a harvest for the kingdom. Can we go to 1 Corinthians 15? 1 Corinthians 15, 21 through 22. Almost lost all my water coming up the stairs a while ago. First Corinthians fifteen twenty one through twenty two. It says, "For since by man came death, by man also came the resurrection of the dead. For as in Adam all die, even so in Christ all shall be made alive." If you look back in the, the book of John, chapter three, Jesus says that we have to be born again. You see, we were just like these seedless grapes. We had the appearance. We had the outward appearance of man of mankind. We had that we were come from the seed of Adam. But there was something missing, something that God planted within us, something that God wanted to use that we, we can be a vessel for his glory. There was something that God that was missing out of our lives. And I believe that that thing that was missing is just like the thing that are missing out of these grapes was the seed of life that was planted there in the garden that was lost through sin, the, through the sin of Adam. I believe that Jesus Christ came to to reestablish his seed on this earth. Come on, it says right here in the word that says, since by man came death, by man also came the resurrection of the dead, that Jesus Christ came with the seed of God planted in him. And that seed was planted in a tomb there uh, in, in Jerusalem and that, that, that was raised again from the dead. That same seed that was planted began to bring forth fruit on this earth. As we align ourselves with that, as we understand that all seed comes from God, that we can quit being like these seedless grapes. That we can begin to carry the seed of glory. The seed of Christ within us. See if we continue to read in 1 Corinthians 15.45. It says, and so it is written. The first man, Adam, became a living being. The last man, Adam. The last Adam, which is Jesus. Which is that new seed became a life-giving spirit. Come on, how many of you know that Jesus Christ said that I have, I have come to give life and life more abundantly. Come on, that the real thing about Jesus is that he carried a seed from his creator, from his father, that he willingly poured and sowed onto this earth for the salvation of every soul that walk, that's born of a woman. You see, we're all born to this life, but God wants us to do more than just exist. Come on, David talked about it, that little mustard seed. Come on, that we need to recognize that the seed that we have in us, that that joy that the Holy Spirit has put in us, that that peace, that that comfort, that he wants us to begin to sow that into the lives of this world. Come on, the greatest means of evangelism in this world is, is to speak encouragement over those who were lost. 
when we discussed it, that we can't confront sin that we aren't ready to cover. I want you to know that if you're a born again believer, that you're saved by the blood of Jesus Christ, that it says that the blood of Jesus Christ covers all sin, that we're washed white as snow, that the message of the gospel isn't that the world ain't good enough. The message of the gospel is that, yeah, the world ain't good enough, but Jesus is good enough to cover the sins of the world. That it doesn't matter what you've done, Jesus covers the sins of the world. That seed is planted in us through Jesus Christ. 1 Corinthians fifteen forty nine. It says, and as we have borne the image of man of man of dust, we shall also bear the image of the heavenly father. You see, as we come into alignment with Christ, as we are born again, born with that seed that's planted within us, we're no longer just seedless grapes, just images of man. I want you to know that we have a new identity in Christ. That before Christ, that we were just simply the clippings. We were just the cuttings. We were just the reproduction of a sin and lost and dying world. And that although we try to do all kinds of things to work in the flesh, to try to accomplish glory, that no matter how hard we try, there's nothing that we can do to come to, 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 uh, to make, be made right before God except to receive Jesus Christ as our Savior. And in that very act, we now are no longer seedless grapes. But I want you to know that you can carry and bear the fruit of salvation to this world through your own body, through your own life, that we have a new identity. We can walk in a new identity, in that new revelation, that new strength. When we try to look like and just be a part of somewhat what, what someone else is doing, we end up just like these seedless grapes. Come on, I believe that God has called you to a unique ministry. That God wants to use you as a seed of salvation in this world. He wants, to, he wants you to plant the seeds of joy. He wants you to begin to, to sow into the spirit and quit sowing into the flesh. Come on, Paul, it's, Paul even said that when he met Jesus there on the road to Damascus, Jesus said, Paul, why are you kicking against the goes? Why are you kicking against the pricks? Quit trying to fight this thing, man. Come on, you need to come into submission to me. Quit sowing into the flesh and start sowing into the spirit. So the question is, are you willing to sow what you have so that way you can reap what you don't? Are you willing to sow those things, that little bit of joy that you have into the lives of others? Are you willing to sow that little bit of peace that you have into the lives of others? Are you willing to sow those fruits of the Spirit? Are you willing to sow the very gifts that God has put in you to the lives of others so that way you can reap a harvest of the things that you have lack in? How many of you recognize if all you had is one mustard seed? One mustard seed. It would be difficult to just go put that in the ground and plant it. Sometimes we don't get much, but what we have is powerful. What we have is life changing. What we have is seed into this world. We need to begin to sow into the spirit. Not speaking doubt, not speaking discouragement, not speaking discord, but speaking life, speaking truth, speaking peace, speaking joy. We need to sow into the spirit, not into the natural. You know, sowing spiritual seed can be as simple as something as just daily picking up your Bible and reading it every day. 
Come on, I, I like to, to just reiterate a few points that, that as a new believer, and we're going to have these new believers classes, but some of the most powerful things that we can do is read your word every day. That it says that we are watered by the word, by the washing of the word. That we can pray every day. That we can come to church. And those things, those investments of our time, that they can begin to bring forth fruit in our lives. I've seen it happen time and time again. I've lived it out in my very own life. But sowing seed takes work. David and the worship team just get ready that we were looking and David had mentioned it. Matthew 13 verse 31. It says that the kingdom of heaven is like a mustard seed. Now we haven't talked about that, David and I. But the kingdom of heaven is like a mustard seed. I want you to know that every one of us, as we are born, blood-bought believers in Jesus Christ, that we are carrying around little mustard seeds. But here's the, here's, the, here's the part that just blew me away. It says that which a man took. You see, mustard seed faith will never grow unless it's sown. Mustard seed faith will never have its impact. It will never come to the fullness of what God wants to use it for unless we put it into the ground and we sow that into the lives of others. Until we sow that faith into the hearts of those who are around us. That we need to begin to sow a spiritual seed on this earth. You see, we're willing to want a harvest, but we're not willing to sow into the harvest. We hope that you found this message to be both a blessing as well as challenging. If you would like more information or to leave a comment or prayer request, please visit our website at firstassembly.place. Thank you for tuning in to First Assembly, a place to meet with God.